Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. He's going to reward us with a lot of great things. My reward is with me. And I will give to, keyword, everyone, every Christ follower, according to what he slash she has done. Keywords, responsible and accountable. Everybody likes to get something for nothing, right? What's even better, though, is when we work hard and are rewarded for that. Well, God has promised rewards for Christ followers, too. To receive his reward requires that we do work for his kingdom. Pastor Mark reminds us that this reward is not our salvation. We already have that. The reward the Apostle Paul refers to in our passage today will be a result of our obedience to God trying to do what he's told us to do. That involves our listening to his words to us, and then to trust him to give us the strength to do the work he's given us to do. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with part 2 of his message, 1. So here's what I want you to see. We are to contribute. This is one of our five C's. We're to contribute our assets spiritually. My spiritual bank account. I'm to contribute these things. My time, we'll put passion at the end, my talents and my possessions. And I'm to do it with passion, with zeal, excited to serve. And you're going to see, as you look at these resources, we're going to ask you to evaluate them today, here and then at home, this week. To look at your time, how do you spend it? To look at your talents, where are you serving? And to look at your possessions, all the things you have, how are you using those? Now, every single one of us have a spiritual bank account that God's given us. And we're to invest that time Everyone has the same amount of time. Everybody. How I use my time is very important. Second, talents. That's spiritual gifts. That's Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4. We all have spiritual gifts and abilities. God's given us all. And he made us a body so that we couldn't do things by ourselves. We have to do it as a body. Third, we have possessions. We have money, we have resources, we have a home, we have our own selves to give to people. So there's lots of things that we do. And last, we're to invest those things because every person I'm speaking to has those three things. We're to invest it with passion. Now, why do I mean that? You see, passion 
is not an action only. It's an attitude. That's what serving's all about. I can serve with an action, but it has to be a passionate attitude because I get to, not that I have to. Now, as you look at that, how can you and I really be great investors? There's so many things happening in our life. It would be nice, as I say, we just want to focus on one thing, serving God with our gifts. But my life doesn't kind of look like this. Does your life kind of look like this? Does it? How many of you mothers, your life looks just like this this week because the kids went back to school? Let me see your hands. Ah, I got to get this. Gotta get you guys that are trying to switch your money from this, that, and the other, get up every morning. Oh, my God. And we're, we're just, we got so many things on our plates. Well, how can I go from that picture to one? One way to put God in the center of everything. Now, I want you to look at this ball again. What that really means is this. In my life, with everything I have, my time, my possessions, my talents, everything that I'm doing, involved in. And by the way, my life is just like yours. No different. Just a million things happening. But what Paul is saying is, as I serve God, God is the center of my life. Everything I'm doing in my life revolves around God. Here's the problem. We've switched it, and we become God. And then God, we just say, God, help. Please come in and help. I can't even help you. No, that's not the way you do life. God is to be the one because it's his body. It's not our body anymore. He has to be the center. And how do I do that when I've got all these balls juggling all these responsibilities? How in the world do I do it? I want to give you three or four ways to do that this morning. Number one, write this down. We have to realize we are responsible to God for the investing of our lives. You see, every Christ follower is responsible for serving God with their time, their talents, their possessions. Paul says, I'm running my race. One thing, Paul said, I do. Somebody else can't do it for me. One thing I do. Now, here's two words that we don't like very often. The words are responsible and accountable. But Paul wanted, as a pastor, the people he was teaching to understand that they would be responsible for what they did with their time, talents, and possessions and what kind of attitude they had, because one day they were going to stand before God and give an account. As a pastor, your pastor, and all the other pastors and elders here, we don't want you to be surprised that when you get to heaven, every single one of us, is going to stand before God and give an account for our life. Now, see, if you don't know that, you just live your life and say, who cares? 
But when you come to that recollection, I'm going to stand before God and give an account, not for you, not for my wife, not for my kids, but for what I did with what God gave me. I'm going to give an account. has nothing to do with going to heaven. I'm already in heaven. But my gifts and abilities that God's given me now, I have to invest them wisely. Toward the end of the Bible, Revelation 22, look at this verse, amazing verse. Revelation 22 simply says this. Behold, Jesus speaking, I'm coming soon. By the way, that's another whole sermon, but that is true. The end of this world is coming soon. We have never seen a world like this. Get yourself ready. Don't be caught off guard. He says, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. Lots of times when we think we're going to stand before Christ, no, my reward. He's going to reward us with a lot of great things. My reward is with me, and I will give to, keyword, everyone, every Christ follower, according to what he slash she has done. Keywords, responsible and accountable. Responsible and accountable. That's what you are for your life, for your time, your talents, your possessions, and your attitude as you serve God. There is a day of reckoning coming. Every one of us will stand before the all-knowing God and give an account. Now, while Linda and I are in Asia, I love to get lots of the Asian newspapers and read because it gives us another look at the world. You know, if you watch our local news here in the United States and ABC and CNN and all the, we get very skewed view of what the world is like. They never even think about the rest of the world. Do you know in India and China, right there, that's one-third of the world. So here's an article I got while I was overseas. By the way, the next statement you want to write is this before I read you the article. How we live today affects our tomorrow. See, we have a whole generation of people that go like, nah, I just do my thing. Who cares? Oh, no, no, no. There's a reckoning coming. There's a day of accountability coming. How we live our life today affects our tomorrow. Here's the article. I'll just read you a little part of it. The United States, it's titled, of narcissism. Imagine a person who does what he wants, regardless of how it affects other people. He refuses to take responsibility for his own mistakes. He believes he's unbeatable in anything he undertakes, despite mounting evidence to the contrary. Sounds like a textbook narcissist, right? Well, these days, it also sounds a lot like the United States. Narcissism is on the rise in the United States. It's likely to get worse before it gets better, and the economic consequences are going to be very severe. Americans today are happy to spend rather than sacrifice, leaving future generations with the bill instead of accepting higher taxes for themselves. Now, as narcissism gathers momentum, America lawmakers seem to be making matters worse. Politicians tend to encourage these short-sighted, selfish trends by promising people they can enjoy a better life without having to make any sacrifices for it. Does that sound like us? Yes, it does. Now, as I went on in the article, I laughed. 
Because the article went on to say, this serve me instead of me serving you. This just living for today and who cares what's going to happen to ours. Give them a problem with the kids. I could care. It's not going to affect me. That kind of attitude, he says, started in the 50s. <laughs> that attitude started in the Garden of Eden. You see, you want to do something right now that you don't want to do, but I'm going to ask you to do it. Would you turn to your neighbor and just go like this? I'm very selfish. Just go do it right now. Is that true? Well, sure it's true. My old sin nature says what? Serve God? No, my old sin nature says what? Serve me. Now, we were in Singapore where we have a Calvary Chapel that I helped get started, and I was preaching there, and then I was there with the pastor. And one day, we drove into a gas station, and I'm waiting for him to get out. He doesn't get out. Thinking, what are you doing? You drove in for gas. Here comes the guy out, fills it up, does the oil, does the windshield. I felt like I was back in the 50s. How many remember those? You young guys have no clue what we're talking about. When you used to drive up to a gas station, they served you, Right? Not now. And it began to cause me to think. Because see, our world says this. Not serve God. Serve me. That's our natural sin nature. I'm not interested in serving somebody else. I want to do things. I'm going to live today. And who cares what happens tomorrow to somebody else? But Jesus had a whole different lifestyle. I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew, Matthew chapter 20. And when you get there, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's going to correct their selfish attitude. He's going to talk about a lifestyle that is very different from the world. By the way, Jesus is our role model. Look at verse 25. Matthew 20, he says this. Jesus called them together, his disciples, and he said, Now you know the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. In other words, as you rise up in a corporation, serve me, I'm your boss. Jesus makes some explicit words in verse 26. Look at it. Not so with you. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And then he gives them an example. He gives them a little prophecy. Just as the Son of Man, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. And the ultimate serving would be to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, you know, the world around you says, serve me. Jesus says, quit focusing on yourself. Quit putting yourself as the, look at me, the one. The world is not to revolve around you. You put God there and you serve him. Now, an unbeliever doesn't have God in their life. They don't understand that. That sin nature drives them. 
Doesn't mean necessarily they're bad people, but bottom line, they're going to serve themselves rather than serve God. So Jesus is saying, you got to serve others. You got to invest your time, talents, and possessions in advancing others. That's what I came to do. In fact, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Now, turn with me one more book to the right, the book of Mark. Go to chapter four. In the book of Mark, Jesus uses a parable about, well, I'll use it as this way today. The word of God is seed, and as it goes out, as I'm teaching you this morning, the seed's going to fall into your heart. And what are you going to do with the seed? Now, just look at me, and I'll explain something before we read the parable. Anytime we put God in the center of our life as one, it's one thing I do is I'm going to serve him. Anytime we do that, Satan hates it. And he'll do whatever he can in your life and my life to change that. Now, remember back, at one time, Satan was a worshiper of God. Satan was over here. He led worship in heaven for God. But he got into his mind, he didn't like God there. Who did he want there? Himself. And so Satan moved himself in there. And the minute that happened... God kicked him out of heaven. Because Satan said, don't serve God, serve me. So now do you understand why I just said to you and say to your neighbor, I'm very selfish. That's because our sin nature comes from Satan. So anytime he sees a Christ follower put God first in everything, serving all, no matter all the other things happening, he hates it. So he will do whatever he can do to keep us balancing all kinds of balls and we just can't do it. So that's what chapter 4 Mark is all about. Take a look down at verse 18. And I'll make some translations as we go through. Still others, still other Christians, like seed sown among thorns, still other Christ followers at Calvary Chapel, as they hear the word this morning, they hear it. But while they are hearing it, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So here's the second thing you want to write, and I'll explain it to you. If I'm going to keep God center, one, and I'm going to learn to serve him by serving others, then I have to learn to reduce the clutter in our lives. Now, I can't get rid of all the other things in my life because that's what life's about. I can't get rid of the school and the work problems and the car problems and the thing with this year and taking care of my kids and grandkids and all those things are good. They all have to be there. But there's a way that Satan comes in and pretty soon he squeezes us into thinking that we can't do all of this by keeping God center. So notice there. If I focus my time only on the cares of this world, I'm adding another ball. And now I'm trying to, the cares of this world. And anybody here have cares of this world? <laughs> we got them out the gazooey. But I can still put God in the center no matter what, because he's promised to meet all my needs. It's okay. I'm going to have that. I can still serve God and serve others. Then look at the next one. The deceitfulness of wealth. If your focus today is on bigger 
bigger and bigger and bigger, the deceitfulness of wealth, you're in trouble. Because one day, it will get like this week, smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. See, if your worth is in stuff and wealth, you're in trouble. And last, it says the accumulation of stuff. More stuff. I just get more stuff. It'll be good. No more stuff doesn't satisfy. In fact, the Bible says this. What does it say? Life is not found in the abundance of stuff. You know that. You know that well. You gather all the stuff you want, and it doesn't really satisfy. Nothing wrong with stuff. God isn't saying you can't have stuff, but you can't have it first. So remember, as you think about all this, by the way, as you're thinking about your retirement and your investment going down, how did you come into this world? With how much? Nothing. Nothing. You came in naked. Naked in in Georgia. Let me ask you a question. How are you going out? We're going out the same way with nothing. By the way, we're getting close. We're getting closer just going out with nothing. So it isn't about that stuff. And you'll see that principle so clearly. As you look at this today, the bottom line is simply this. Look at that verse. Making it unfruitful. So if the worries of this world, stuff, and the deceitfulness of wealth, that's the thing that's constantly in my mindset. Instead of allowing God just to help me balance all those things, there's going to be good. If, if, that, if that's my mind, I'll never be useful serving him. Because I'm always concerned about these other, and I'm trying to balance all these balls, and my life becomes unfruitful. Well, how do I make it fruitful? Very simple. Third key, write it down. We have to learn to invest our lives by serving with an eternal perspective. You see, back in Philippians, Paul used the word heaven. Paul had been to heaven. He knew that life here was temporary. If we could just get into our mind, and it's hard for us, I have a hard time getting my hands around that in October, I'm going to be 68. Now, some of you young people are laughing. You'll get there. Some of you guys are already past it. And if you still have a mind, you just heard what I said. But do you realize, if you just open your Bible, anywhere you want to open, and just take one of those periods at the end of a sentence, and then you go through the whole Bible and add up all the periods, when you close the Bible, that's the beginning of eternity. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark told all about the spiritual bank account that every Christ follower has. God has put in every believer's account a measure of time, talents, possessions, and passion. It's up to us to find out from God what the particulars are and to then seek His help and wisdom to invest those things from our account into God's kingdom. We 
know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, we'll conclude the teaching one. Pastor Mark will be focusing on the concept of time, in particular, our need to learn not to waste it. You will tell us the things that we can do to help enrich the kingdom of God as well as the things that can hinder our usefulness to God. He will speak about the importance of having the proper attitude and perspective when we're doing God's work. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.